The following is a hoop ball presentation. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you're listening to the Hoopball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I'll always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and we've got all the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. There's only one place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sports book guaranteed to give me the best lines for Friday night games, Monday night games, and everything in between. And you know me. You know I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit match way halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Hello and good evening, hoopball fans, or I should say good afternoon in this case. Um, I, again, I am Lawrence Brooks. I am your hoopball Mavericks uh, host, and we are back to talk about these Mavericks. And I just got to start out by saying, I told you, I told you. One thing that I've learned over my years of watching basketball is a lot of times, you know, basketball is about a game of runs and about a law of averages. And when you have quality teams and quality players, you will get bounce back performances much like we saw last night. Now, after the after the beatdown they took against Portland the game prior, there was just a lot of chatter and there's always questions and this and that about, you know, what the team needs, what they should do, how guys are playing. And like I mentioned on the previous pod, sometimes bad games just happen for whatever reason. It's not your night. You don't have your legs. Maybe you had something bad to eat. You didn't get your usual nap in. There's always something to just point to when you have a bad game and it just happens and myself as I've mentioned before on this podcast being a former basketball player I just know like some days the ball just doesn't go in the basket some days you're just not defending at a high rate some days you're just not as locked in as you would like to be although you're trying to be but we're all human and so things happen life gets in the way you're not gonna go undefeated you're not gonna shoot a hundred percent from the field every game And so you're going to have these lulls in the season or, you know, in the season with games where you just aren't at your best. And so that's what happened. And so I was very confident that they would turn it around and have a better game. And what do you know? They came back and won. Now, let me say this about the win, too. Now, I get the fact that it was a, you know, it was a route like they they blew the, the Blazers off the floor. Some of that has to do with the Blazers being tired and them and now the script being flipped on them where this wasn't one of their best games. But at the same token, you had to expect that the Mavericks at the very least were going to come back and show an effort to play hard, um, 
they were, you know, as a as a team with pride, you're going to be somewhat embarrassed by by a performance like that. So why would you not come out and, and show what you have? So first and foremost, Luka Doncic. I mean, I, I even live tweeted. I said, I said, I'm running out of things to say about him because we know he's amazing. We know he's a superstar. We know he was he's been a prodigy since early age. I mean, he's he started he would played his first professional game at the age of 16, MVP of the Euro League. I mean, his accomplishments just go on and on. He has proved himself again and again and again. And last night was no different. And one of the things that's most impressive to me about Luca's season overall so far is how bad he started out shooting the basketball from three to start the season. He was at, I want to say, under 10%. And now he's shooting 37% on the season, and he's at like 43% since February. I mean, these are amazing numbers and an amazing leap for a guy who seemingly didn't have his shooting stroke to start the season. And it's not as if he's been a great three-point shooter to begin with, but it's clearly an improvement on his part. And for a guy that handles the ball as much as he does, and for a guy who's taking unassisted threes as much as he does, that's an amazing, amazing stat and an amazing percentage to shoot from three. And there's a large reason why they've been able to win as regularly as they have since being fully intact. So Luca's numbers on the night, I mean, he only played 29 minutes. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter. He had 37 through three quarters, which tied Dirk for the most points ever through three quarters for a Dallas Mavericks player. And anytime you can be mentioned in Dirk's class, I mean, what more can you say? A Dallas Maverick legend, all-time greatest player to put on that jersey. And Luca is right behind him, and his legend just continues to grow. He was eight for nine from the three-point line. He made his first eight threes. First eight, like, and he came out after last game, and, and you know, he spoke about how he was pissed that they lost the game before. Not that they lost, but the manner in which they lost, where they just pretty much went cold and the door was shut on them in the fourth quarter by just playing, you know, basketball that just wasn't great. The game was going tit for tat until the fourth quarter, and they just could not sustain everything they were doing. And I've mentioned several times how I think the overall team, the shooting percentages has worked against them because they've been one of the one of the the worst um, three-point shooting teams in the NBA. But with Lucas shooting the ball as well he, as he has, that's been very helpful. And so when you get into these games where you have a lead and you've been shooting the ball, you know, fairly well from the perimeter, and then you get a team like Dallas who then everything dries up, then you have these situations where teams come back on you. Or, as I mentioned, Dallas is trying to make a comeback and they can't throw the ball in the basket. And that's all because they have inconsistent shooting as a team. So tonight they put it all in this game against Portland. They put it all together. I mean, everyone was clicking on all cylinders in terms of just what they were doing. You got a bounce back performance from Josh Richardson, who I knew he would bounce back because he's a prideful guy and he's somebody that I classify as a dog and I knew he would come back and have a better game. He ended up with 21 points, four assists, five rebounds. He was two or four from three point from the three point line. Didn't miss a free throw. He only had three of those. Only missed three shots overall. But one thing that I was really impressed with is just his overall aggressiveness. 
aggressiveness doesn't always mean that you're going to play your best or you're going to shoot your best. But I just like guys that don't fold and, and walk into a corner and don't want to and don't want to play anymore because they're afraid that they'll continue to mess up. No, Josh Richardson came out with the idea in mind that I'm in attack mode all night. And I love that for him. I love the fact that he came out and he just set a tone and an energy that he's just going to come out and, and he just has more pride than that. He's a competitor. So I love to see that. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, who was back, congratulates him to the birth of his son. He was back in the lineup. He ended up with 13 points on the night. He was 50% from three, three of six. He had five rebounds, two assists. He was active on defense, four of eight from the field overall. But his activity level was noticeable on defense too, hounding guys on the perimeter, being active in the passing lanes, just getting deflections, not necessarily recording a steal, but just making life difficult for everyone that he that was that he was checking for this game. Um, Dwight Powell, 11 points. He was 4-4 from the field. He had three lobs in this game. Also, one steal and one block. Now, I've been one that's talked about Dwight Powell all season as a guy who needed a little patience. He was a little bit of a rim runner and a guy who could occasionally make a three-pointer last year to stretch the floor. Um, his athleticism was something that has that he struggled with this season, and I think it's all because of the fact that he was trying to recover from an injury. Now, tonight might have been one of the better nights that I've seen him. I don't know if this means that he's turning a corner in his recovery or if it's just a good night, for, if it was just a good night for his body. But I really liked what I saw from him. He was one for one from the from the three point line. I mean, as a team, they shot 51 percent from three like they completely blew the Blazers off the floor. They they went on a 38 to 15 run in the third quarter, closed this game down. There was nothing else to see. They put this game away, and it was good to see them have a bounce-back win. So that just goes to show you how well they were playing, considering they shot 51% from the three, 55% from the field overall. Now, as we're talking about scoring, moving on to Porzingis. Now, again, as I have said, you're going to go through ups and downs in a season, you're not always going to shoot your best. You're not always going to play your best. And this is no different for Kristaps Porzingis. He was three of seven in this game. One of the things about him over the last few games, I would like to say, that's kind of, I don't want to say alarming, but it's something of note, is he's shot for the guy who's their second leading scorer and a guy that they run th run a lot of offense through as their second leading scorer. He has less than 40 shot attempts in the last three games and i know they've been kind of spreading the money around so to speak but that's that's a little odd considering you know a guy who's averaging 20 points a game that he's had less than 40 shot attempts in the last three games and i mean he only shot seven times in this game he was two or four from the from the three-point line he made all of his free all of his free throws and he had two blocks eight rebounds one steal and so while his scoring and his offense, his offense has been in a little bit of a rut, he has been on an upward trend defensively. And like I said, again, he's 25 years old. He's struggled with durability a little bit. So it's also impeded on his development, on his everyday development just as a player. Now, there's some things he can work on because, like I said, 
some of the things that leaves him vulnerable to nights where he's not as involved is the fact that he's not much of a playmaker. And being a finisher means you have to rely on someone else to get you looks or or your opportunities. And when you have to rely on someone else, those opportunities can go elsewhere. Because if Tim Hardaway is hot or Josh Richardson has it going or Jalen Brunson is making plays and you're just a finisher, that just puts you in position as a guy who it could be your night and it could not be your night. It just all depends on the way the ball is flowing and how they're defending you. So I don't want to get on him too much because I know he'll put he'll he'll turn this around. As I said, the the Porzingis we saw in the bubble is a guy that we can easily see every night, but it's just going to take time. It's just going to take time. And I think that you have to have if anything if we've learned anything else from this season with the Mavericks, patience is important because everything's not going to go their way, but the one thing that they do well is they adjust on the fly and they figure it out at some point. It doesn't always mean it's going to equate to a win, but every time they lose, it's not it's not who can we trade. And every time they win, it's not we're going to the championship. You just have to ride the roller coaster of the season. Yes, can they get better in some areas? Of course. They could use another playmaker. They can use another rim protector. They can use another versatile wing. Obviously, every team could use some of these guys. But for the Mavericks, the the roster they have currently constructed this is likely going to be who they, unless they find someone on the buyout market, they don't have a lot of trade value in the guys that are currently on the roster, unless you get rid of Porzingis, which again, I say do not keep him and continue to add on to this team. But what everything else that they have, and obviously they're not getting rid of Luka, you can't, you're just going to have to ride with what you have. And what they have is enough to be a quality team. It's just not a championship team, but this is a playoff team. This is a top eight Western Conference team. You got the good Tim Hardaway last night to an extent. He had 22 points. He had four. Of, he was four of nine from the field. He was only one of five from three, which is he's been scorching of lately from from the three point line. But again, he gets hot with the best of them. He gets cold with the best of them. You even had you even had Maxi Kleba, who was two of three from the three point line. He only had eight points and seven rebounds. And it's a workmanlike effort. He has he had one steal. But again, you're just getting contributions from everyone. And the games, they hold teams under a hundred points. They I know that they're not they've been on the upswing in terms of defensive. They just look more cohesive and active defensively. They look more assertive in what they're trying to get accomplished. And they've held they've held teams, I want to say in their last 14 games or so, they've held they've held someone to to less than 100 points five times and when they do that they win but the problem is it's just really tough to do that often especially with the team that they have but that just goes to show you their capabilities they can defend when they're locked in it just depends on when they're locked in now obviously of course like i said some of this game can be attributed to the fact that the blazers were were playing on tired legs and that happens but the but the mavericks also Play really, and when you're scoring and you're getting the ball out of the basket instead of missing shots and constantly having to be in transition defensively, where you have to locate and and find an assignment that maybe isn't yours, it's much easier to set your defense when you're scoring and the team has to take the ball out of the basket, which obviously helps you solidify everything you want to do. So when you're clicking like that offensively, your defense is obviously going to pick up as well. And so this game was a great illustration of that. 
that this won't happen every game. But if they can just competitively keep teams under 50% shooting and and they can continue to keep teams hovering around 100 points, they will win a lot more games, a whole lot. But with Luka playing out of his mind, it won't matter much anyway. Because if he's going to play like this, he's hitting his step-back three-pointer on a regular I just don't see many teams being able to beat them. And again, they've been one of the hotter teams in the NBA. So if they can, if they keep, if he keeps this up individually, he will single-handedly push them up the rankings or up the the Western Conference standings. So this was a great win because obviously with the Blazers being in sixth place at 25 and 17, Spurs being in seventh place at 22 and 17, and then the Mavericks at in eighth place at 22 and 19, You have the Warriors breathing down their back. They don't have any time to try to rest guys and get cute like they did a few games ago, which I was really upset about because they should have beat OKC, but I'm not going to harp on it. Um, I just think that they're in a great spot to to continue finding their rhythm after having such a horrible start to the year. So I I was really encouraged by what I saw last night, not necessarily with with the win itself, but the bounce back effort from everyone just coming out and just not wanting to take this as a take this situation as a you know we're just gonna go zero and two on this road trip no they came to try to get a win and they actually got one so um if they can continue to keep this up hopefully some of the other teams can lose and they, they will need some help that's the only problem that you you run into with this type of situation is you end up in this situation and now you need a little help from the teams in front of you because while you if you beat them you still need to have them lose more games than just losing to you. And obviously you can't play the teams in front of you every night. So you're just hoping that you get a couple of teams that find a cold streak while the Mavericks stay on a hot streak. And so they have the Timberwolves on Wednesday, a rare two days off. And then they have, they turn around, they have the Pelicans on Saturday. And then they turn around and have the Celtics the following Wednesday. These three games are very winnable. Hopefully they can get those. The Boston game will be a little tougher. Pelicans have been playing a little better, but the Mavericks are better than the Pelicans. So this should be an opportunity to get a win. And definitely against the Timberwolves is an opportunity to get a win. None of these are guaranteed because obviously you saw they lost to OKC. But if they're playing like they have been playing over the last four weeks, this should be a win that that they put in their bag. And they need to make up for that OKC loss. Like they can, they cannot afford to lose more games to teams that they should beat. So the games that they should win, Timberwolves and Pelicans, those need to be wins because again they're in eighth place, and at the worst they'll be in the play-in situation for the playoffs. But you want to just be in the playoffs. You don't want to mess around with being in eighth, hovering around eighth, ninth, tenth place, and then having to do a play-in situation. Solidify your 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 place in the in the playoffs and the only way to do that is to continue racking up wins and so they need these two and hopefully they get them because they'll need them all the way down the stretch i mean like i said these games literally are coming every other day and when it gets to the end of the season all you'll look up and see is that oh we lost on wednesday night versus this team or we should have beat that team those tiebreakers are important so hopefully they they're able to pull those together um and then last night, also, I was really happy about the fact that they won the rebounding battle. They don't win the rebounding battle every night. They are one of the they are one of the lesser rebounding teams in the NBA. So when they have a night where they where they rebound, 
I'm always going to give them a round of applause. And so I was really happy to see that. The rookies who even got in the game last night. I mean, the starters were out the entire fourth quarter. Last night was a rarity across the board for the Mavericks. But in a great sense or in a great way, it was good to see some of those guys get in. Nate Hinton, um, Tyler Bay. You even had a little bit of Josh Green as well. Those guys who are all clearly back from the G League um, all got an opportunity to get in the game last night because the Mavericks blew them out. And so hopefully they can get some more opportunities going down the stretch. But with uh, especially with some of these games being lesser games or games that they should win, quote unquote, um, maybe you get a couple of these guys to get a little more, get a little more playing time. I like seeing these guys. I, I think Nate Hinton and Josh Green and Tyler Bay all can can contribute in some way. But obviously, with who's in front of them, that won't happen, and I won't dive into that. So, again, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe and download the podcast on all streaming platforms. You can find me on Twitter at LBSaidIt, that's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T, and at HoopBallMavs, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S. Let's get this win on Wednesday. You guys have a great week. Talk to you soon. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.